Houstonians love the River Oaks Theater. It's Houston's oldest operational movie theater. It's a little art deco gem. It's where many of us went on first dates, or watched movies with subtitles, or danced the time warp during the Rocky Horror Picture Show. But beloved as the River Oaks is, that theater has been in danger of demolition for almost 20 years. And when it shut down last year, lots of us, including me, figured that was the end. Today, though, we've got great news. And to tell it, I've got Maureen McNamara, one of the founders of Friends of River Oaks Theater, and David Bush, director of Preservation Houston. It's Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Maureen, I have been waiting for decades to hear that something good is going to happen to the River Oaks Theater. (laughs) And you can tell me that, finally? Yeah, I think so. Okay, what? What is the news? What is the big news? Well, um, the big news is that after the sale of the building and the shopping center to Kimco from Wine Garden Realty, Kimco has committed to a long-term lease with a local theater operator. They've been operating theaters for years in the Houston area, really surrounding the Houston area, and they're going to run the River Oaks Theater. Oh, okay. So first off, it's going to stay a theater. It's not going to be torn down. It's not going to be gutted. It's not going to be made into a skyscraper. Exactly, which was a real, real risk, as you very well know. It's been uh, online was a plan to put a parking garage on that block. In my book, the old owners of that theater, Weingarten Realty, were cartoon villains for years. Well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, You're not saying it, but I'm saying it because I love that theater. You know, and so, come on, Maureen, tell me about that new tenant. The new theater tenant is Star Cinema Grill, and uh, they are going to operate the theater as the River Oaks Theater, Inc., So the theater will retain its name, the company will hold its name, the theater will be kept a theater, and it's going to be renovated, they say, in the Art Deco style. So it's, you know, positive news. So David, could you back up and sort of for people who have, who know nothing about the River Oaks Theater? who have not been like sweating this thing for decades. Could you tell us what it is, what it looks like, why Preservation Houston has worked for so long to save it? Uh, It was uh, opened in 1939, so not going to be too much longer before it's 100 years old. Uh, Was actually built by the River Oaks Corporation. It wasn't part of a big theater chain. It was built about the same time the shopping center was. Uh, designed by Pettigrew and Worley, which was uh, a Dallas architecture firm that worked with Interstate Theaters, which was the biggest theater chain in Texas. Okay, 1939, River Oaks was like this like faraway suburb of, this, of Houston? Not, was this... not so much. I mean, it was the western edge, but there was development all the way out to it by that point. But it wasn't um, the big downtown movie no, palace. No, it was not this a big was... downtown movie palace. It was one of dozens of neighborhood theaters that that the city had at that point. In fact, four other theaters opened the same month 
as as the River Oaks for other neighborhood theaters. Because 1939 um, was a big year for movie going. Yeah, it was. Great year for movie going. Um, you know, and uh, they hired a, a fairly prominent artist, a guy named Buck Wynn, who did the two sculptures on either side of, of the... Um, okay, so what do those sculptures look like? Odd. <laughs> They're called they're called land and sea, and they're very very angular. They're very angular Art Deco reliefs. Land has a big goat and a topless woman, and um, <laughs> yeah, the you just don't get goat, that anymore. Yeah, you yeah. Rarely, rarely, rarely see goats in art anymore, and um, sea has very large fish. Um, and the guy could be naked, but the fish is in front of him. Um, so <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, there was a mural on the staircase. Um, the The theater was remodeled in the in the eighties, and it may have been painted over. It's been such a long time since I've been in there. There was also a lot of um, like neon lighting and underlighting in the theater that that highlighted like, like the stainless steel banister and stuff it was it was um, so this was back in the day this idea was that going to the movies was this grand experience right and the you know it was it was not a first run house the the first run generally tended to be in the big theaters downtown and then they'd move to the neighborhood theaters um right after the war interstate theaters bought it and it became an art house for interstate theaters fairly early on um, didn't do that well and then went back to being a regular popular theater. Some of our listeners are too young to remember what an art house is because we live in the age of streaming video. So <laughs> what is, what an, is art an art house? house? Here's my best explanation for an art house. Back in the Victorian era when I was in college, we... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dinosaurs yeah, room theater. I mean, I, I took a film class and... We had to go to the River Oaks to see the movies, and it was not mainstream movies. It was like Indian films and European films, some American films. The movies changed fairly frequently. It wasn't, you didn't have long runs, you know. A lot of them just played one night, and that was it. So, you know, I spent a lot of time sitting in the dark in the River Oaks Theater taking notes because we had to write up the movies after. So, and basically you just look at the screen and scrawl without looking at the pad. And the one I remember is Taxi Driver. We had to go see Taxi Driver. And my notes for the end of the movie were just blood, 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 <laughs> blood in all capital letters. Okay. But okay. The appeal of an art house back before streaming was that you could see movies you didn't see anywhere else. And these were right. often sort of smart people movies. Blood, 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 don't, blood, blood. This is why I call David. People. Don't say smart people movies. Not smart no. people movies? No. Well, I mean, okay, so Marty, Rocky, what would you call? They also had Rocky Horror, so I don't know oh, if yeah. that's a, I don't know if that's a smart people movie. But um <laughs> I hate to say avant-garde, but God, because that really that really dates me. But you know, yeah, stuff stuff you would have to search for, honestly, to to see. And Maureen, you you used to manage the River Oaks, right? Oh yes, I did. Was it still an art house while you were managing? The theater uh, was still really an art house until 
it closed actually, right? But speaking of dating ourselves, I was probably managing the theater when a particular student went in and was writing those notes, blood, blood, blood. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I started working at the theater in the late 70s while I was still in high school. And it was a daily change double feature. Okay. So the River Oaks became part of the chain Landmark Theaters, and you went to work for Landmark? That's a little bit of history for you. I ended up moving to Colorado and then Los Angeles and then San Francisco, running and opening historic theaters all over the United States. I oversaw about 50, last count. And uh, But for 23 years, I was uh, connected to the River Oaks Theater. A long time. So one of the things that interests me so much is how different the experience of going to a movie is now. And I think this new iteration is going to have to be very different than those art house days when you had your paper calendar and you planned your week by what was playing on Thursday. Uh, as you know, uh, Friends has been the Friends of River Oaks Theater, which I am one of the founders, co-founders of, was really looking at models all over the United States of how do how are historic theaters surviving. And so we felt like having a connection with nonprofit organization, a community-based nonprofit organizations, and tying in the other nonprofit film community in Houston would help. Okay, so how will that work? So how do you tie it in and make it tied to nonprofits if it's still well, for profit? Well, that's that's the question is, is right now, these guys are, you know, when you have the income from a restaurant, can that support the theater in a different way, the, the food service restaurant plan? But that's a question mark. So what's happening, I said that there were nonprofit models. Some of those nonprofit models are actually partnerships between uh, companies that are operating for-profit organizations and operating. So Friends of River Oaks maybe isn't going away? Uh, Friends of River Oaks maybe isn't ever going away because in some form, I think, uh, you know, we're in it for the long haul. I've been through saving saving the River Oaks Theater multiple times now. Um, it's like that old silent movie, The Perils of Pauline. She just keeps getting endangered. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's an evolving situation, as we <laughs> say all the time these days. <laughs> and uh, I think that you know, those of us who are um, flexible and creative are the ones who figure out how to make great things continue to exist in the world in some form or fashion, right? Right. But like what I think is so interesting is we're getting back to that moment when, you know, especially after the pandemic, or if we're ever out of the pandemic, when going out and being among people and sitting down to watch something feels special and to do it in an art deco place that you've journeyed to. A historic place. I think there's something about the specialness that really elevates the River Oaks Theater, as opposed to staying home and watching the same movie on Netflix. You mean your house isn't Art Deco inside? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was telling the uh, the new owner 
one of the things about the River Oaks Theater that's different from other theaters is that, you know, a suburban theater that the person who works at the box office might be somebody who uh, would be just as happy to work at the ice cream parlor down the street. At the River Oaks Theater, the people who worked at the theater are would be people who wanted to be filmmakers. And a lot of them, you know, or, or artists in some other way. And uh, I, I have a huge list of people who <laughs> worked at the theater and are now, uh, you know, writers, musicians, ballet dancers, filmmakers, um, Richard Linkletter, Richard, well, Richard grew up at the theater. He didn't work at the theater, but he, he came to the theater, I think every day, um, and says that that was his film school. You know, I didn't go to film school. I went to the River Oaks Theater, he said to me <laughs> once. And Wes Anderson grew up at the River Oaks too. So um, a lot of people in the film community and in the community at large feel like the River Oaks is their theater. And they don't want to be going through saving the theater again in three years or five years or whatever. They want to make sure that the theater thrives and survives. So, Well, I am very happy that it's safe again for now. So thank you both. Let's keep it that way. I think think, uh, everybody staying involved in Friends of River Oaks Theater will help keep it that way for years and years to come. So And going to see movies. I mean there's I mean when it when it comes down to it, <laughs> you know, it's gotta make money. So if we wanna save it, we gotta use it. And pay the rent. <laughs> All right, it's time for some Houston news, and I've got producer Farrell Gibbs to tell me some. Farrell, what is going on? Hey, Lisa. Well, in 2016, there was a young boy. His name was Josue Flores, and he was on his way home from school and was stabbed. Uh And yeah, from that in 2017, they passed an act in his name in order to give school districts in Texas extra money to protect school kids who walk home from school, offer them safe transportation. Oh, well, that sounds nice. Right. But the problem is, according to this article out yesterday by the Houston Chronicle, there is no district in the whole state of Texas that has asked for the money. Since when do school districts not ask for money every chance they get? What is, what's going on? Well, the article quoted a woman uh-huh. who said that they had encountered bureaucracy trying to get the funds. Uh, this was a direct quote from the article, to be a candidate for the funds, a school district has to identify specific hazardous or high risk of violence areas for which the allocation is requested. That's according to the TEA. To this point, that has not happened, but there's a ray of light ending. The article said that the HISD's transportation unit has been assessing where the hazardous areas may lie for the students who have a walk home from school that is within two miles or less of the school zones. The other thing to keep in mind, this protection that they're after is not always from, say, a predatory adult, but it's also from aggressive animals like a loose dog. Oh, all right. Well, I'm glad money's going to get used. That's it for today on CityCast Houston. We are working on a Valentine's Day show about very Houston love stories. So 
If you know of one or if you have one, please tell it to us. Call our hotline voicemail 713-489-6972. Tell us your name and your very Houston little love story. Or email it to me at citycast.fm. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Cut police sirens. Rawr.